Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians pray and think about race in ways that are biblical and helpful, clear, and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the hosts of the podcast, and as you've been hearing for the last couple of weeks, we've been having Jarvis Williams on. This episode is a talk he gave for us at Iron City Church in Birmingham last week. Hope it's helpful. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much, Pastor Isaac, and thanks to this beloved congregation and to Austin for this opportunity to be here to share with you this evening. What I want to do in the very brief 30 minutes that uh, I have is to give you a brief overview of my book, Redemptive Kingdom Diversity, and I think Austin and I are then going to talk about some of the things I say here, as well as some questions that you might have and that he has as well. I apologize in advance that I don't have a PowerPoint slide. I'm allergic to technology, so if you uh, have a pen, take it out and take some notes. I'm old school, so take some notes. I have nine brief observations I want to make, really more than nine, but I'm, I'm summarizing them in nine points related to my, to my book. First, I want to talk about briefly what I do in the introduction. The book, by the way, is Redemptive Kingdom Diversity, a Biblical Theology of the People of God. I start the book by simply defining my categories and making the point that there is a difference between the category of race and the category of ethnicity. Those two categories, those two constructs are vastly different. And I also say in the intro that the, uh, the category we use for ethnicity is not a direct one-to-one correlation between our world and the ancient world, but ethnicity as we use it today is more like what the Bible is talking about than the word race that we use today. Does that make sense? And you can talk back to me if I ask you a question as well, okay? So that's the first thing I do in the introduction. I have a long series of statements about that point here, but let me just move on to the second, more substantial thing that I say in the book. Now I want to get into the, into the substance of the book. Point number two, here's my definition of redemptive kingdom diversity. By redemptive kingdom diversity, I mean God's holistic redemption of the entire creation through Jesus' death for diverse Jews and Gentiles through his victorious resurrection from the dead. This redemption, as I'm using the word, has an eye toward the transformation of ethnically diverse sinners and the entire creation. And as you know, if you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. Gentile identity has nothing to do with skin color. That's wrapped up in this fictional social construct of race. But Gentile identity is connected to issues related to uh, religion, uh, geography, dialect. Basically, if you weren't Jewish, you were a Gentile in the ancient world. Quoting myself, please forgive me, quoting myself on page one of the book to elaborate further what I mean by redemptive kingdom diversity. And this point forward, I'm going to simply say RKD. Because it's hard saying redemptive kingdom diversity a thousand times throughout this particular talk. So to save time, I'll say RKD. RKD, quoting myself here, refers to God's work to crush the seed of the serpent by means of the woman's seed, Jesus Christ. 
so that all the redeemed people of God would, would live a, as transformed and spirit-empowered followers of Christ. The transformed people of God live in a broken world now in both church and in society in anticipation of, God, of and as signposts of the redemption accomplished by Jesus as we walk in obedience to the gospel in the power of the Spirit. A redemption that we taste in part now, but that will be fully realized in the new heavens and the new earth. Continuing to quote from page one, from Genesis to Revelation, we see that God has always intended to restore diverse humanity's vertical relationship with himself, diverse humanity's horizontal relationship with one another, and the entire creation through Jesus, the seed of the woman, end quote. In case you didn't catch it, when I talk about redemptive kingdom diversity, it is grounded in God's saving action in Christ. Can I get a witness tonight? When I say redemptive kingdom diversity, that does not mean anything goes or be your true self. That means God has acted, in my view, God has acted in Christ to redeem some from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. And part of that action in Christ is to transform them to live in spirit-empowered love for one another. So let me unpack this a little bit more. more. Third point, RKD and sin. The book is really a biblical theology of the people of God. So I start in Genesis and go from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis chapters 1 and 2, everything is beautiful. God creates human beings in his own image. But when sin entered creation, sin devastated, broke the entire creation. It broke humanity's relationship with God. It broke humanity's relationship with one another, and it devastated the entire creation. It made work hard, for example. It made childbearing painful. It's no surprise, for example, with respect to this horizontal brokenness, that the first narrative you get after the fall is murder, right? You get one brother murdering another brother. So let me talk about RKD and sin. I talk about original sin. That is because of Adam's transgression, because of this cosmic curse over the entire creation, that human beings are conceived in sin. We do not sin, or we do not become sinners when we sin. We sin because we are sinners at conception. Romans 5.12, I think supports that very fact. Because of Adam's sin, we all sin. Psalm 51, verse 5, in sin I was conceived, the psalmist says. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, in Adam we all die. So to talk about redemptive kingdom diversity, in my view, we've got to talk about sin. Second, sin is not only original, but sin is also a personal transgression. We are conceived in sin, but we commit clear transgressions against God. For example, Exodus chapter 20, 
The people of God are given a law by which to uh, follow and demonstrate that they are marked off as God's covenantal people. But in Exodus 32, they're committing idolatry. They're violating that first fundamental commandment, have no other gods before you. They commit an act of sin. We're conceived in sin, but we commit acts of sin. We transgress God's clear commands, but also we misstep, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But further, the Bible also talks about sin as a power. You do know that, right? Sin is a cosmic power, Romans chapter 6. It's like an evil tyrant, a wicked master that rules and dominates not just your individual life, but it enslaves the entire creation. The entire cosmos has been subjected to the bondage of sin. But sin is not the final story. So in my view, in, in, in discussing redemptive kingdom diversity, yes, we talk about creation being good. And we talk about that sin entered creation, but we don't stop at the problem. We talk about how God has acted in history to bring about a vertical, horizontal, and cosmic redemption. And brothers and sisters, I hope you read the book. But if you don't read the book, listen carefully to this piece of the lecture because it is so central to what I'm arguing from Genesis to Revelation. God's saving action in Jesus is not only about your individual Jesus moment, whereby your sins are forgiven, and you now have access to God. It is about the business of God acting in Christ to crush the seed of the serpent by means of the seed of the woman and to restore everything that Adam and Eve lost in the garden and to reverse the curse, as one scholar has said, that Adam brought into creation because of his transgression. Jesus, the new Adam, is rectifying all of that. So fourth point, redemptive RKD and God's saving action through Jesus' death and resurrection for Jews and Gentiles and for the entire creation. The first piece of that is this, vertical redemption. That God's saving action in Christ includes restoring humanity's broken relationship with God. God sent Jesus, and Jesus voluntarily came to absorb, to live a perfect life, to absorb the wrath of God on the cross for our sins and to be raised from the dead so that we can, Galatians 2 verse 16, be justified by faith in Christ so that we can have our sins forgiven, so that we would have our sins cleansed, so that we would be made right with God, so that we would experience regeneration, so that we would repent and believe. God has acted in Christ vertically to make Jews and Gentiles who have faith in Christ, tongues and tribes and peoples and nations, male and female, different skin, skin colors, different dialects, to be right with God by Faith. But the second piece of God's saving action in Christ, as I understand it, is horizontal restoration. That God has acted in Jesus to restore 
humanities, diverse humanities, broken relationship with one another through Jesus' death and resurrection. So, for example, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul says that Jesus, or verse 4, Jesus delivered us from the present evil age. And that God raised him from the dead in chapter 1, verse 1. He delivered us from the present evil age by dying for our sins. And Paul goes on to say in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, when Peter, a Jewish Christian, was having table fellowship with Gentile Christians until some from James came and they said something to Peter. And Peter was afraid. And as a result of his fear, he began to shrink back from having table fellowship with Gentile Christians to the point that, that the rest of the Jewish believers played the hypocrite along with Peter. And Paul tells Peter, Peter, your behavior is not walking in a straightforward manner in the truth of the gospel because, Galatians 2.15, Gentiles are Gentiles by nature. Jews are, Gentile, Jews are Jews by nature. Jews aren't sinners by association with the Gentiles. And by the way, Peter, you should know better because, Galatians 2.16, we're justified not by being Jewish, not by being Gentile, but by faith in Christ. So you see in that passage in Galatians 2, 11 through 14, that Jew and Gentile in Christ Jesus, their brokenness has been restored. There is a horizontal reconciliation that takes place that's in continuity with the gospel. When that reconciliation is not being realized, it is antithetical to the gospel. Further, Paul says a similar thing in Galatians, or rather in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 11 through 22, that God worked in Christ to bring Jew and Gentile into one new humanity. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 and 6. Paul makes the point that Jews and Gentiles in Christ, they are free from the slavery and bondage of the law in the present evil age to be enslaved toward one another in love. What's the greatest weapon against racism and ethnic division? The supernatural power of the gospel that is grounded in the selfless, not selfish, but the selfish, self, I almost got it wrong, the selfless sacrificial love of Jesus Christ as the model that we follow and that we imitate in the power of the Spirit as we go after each other in our ethnic difference and our neighbors in spirit-empowered love. And then third piece of this saving act, God's saving action in Christ is cosmic restoration. God has acted in Jesus through the cross and the resurrection to restore the brokenness of the entire creation. Brothers and sisters, Adam's transgression destroyed God's relationship with humanity. It destroyed humanity's relationship with one another, it and it destroyed and devastated, brought a curse to the entire creation. But God in Christ has acted to regenerate, to transform this current creation. Our destination as the ethnically diverse people of God in Christ is not dying and going to heaven up there. 
It is to inherit a glorified, perfect world that is filled with every tongue, tribe, people, and nation that's been redeemed by the blood of Christ. But watch this. That future New Jerusalem has already broken in right now in part by God's work in Christ to save and to feel some from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation with the Spirit. And as those people walk in the Spirit, loving their neighbors as themselves and loving one another, we are proving and we are the emblem that and the sign that the future kingdom that has yet is yet to come has broken in right now. Now to clarify something, this is not an over-realized eschatology. This is an already-not-yet eschatology. This is not bring heaven down to earth right now in full. This is God in Christ has brought heaven down right now in part by taking on Jewish flesh, being born of a woman, being born under the law, dying on the cross to free us from the curse of sin and death and the law and resurrecting from the dead and calling to himself a people and giving those people the spirit the same way by faith in Jesus. And as we are living in the power of the spirit, we are bearing witness to the fact as we are loving each other in our ethnic difference that God's kingdom has invaded this world right now. RKD and the restoration of what it means to be fully human. And I did not stop my, start my timer, so I have 30 more minutes to go. <laughs> Just joking. Tell me to stop at 30 minutes, and I'll stop, all right? RKD and the restoration of what it means to be fully human. So in my book, I make the point that Jesus is the new Adam. Romans 5 Verses 12 through 21. He's the new and perfect man. He's the new humanity. So as he emancipates tongues and tribes and peoples and nations from sin and gives us the spirit and makes us into one new humanity, he compels us and demands us to put on the new humanity in Christ because of the cross and the resurrection. And part of what this means is, is that we need to, in Christ Jesus, understand afresh what it means for us to be human. What it means for us to be human is better than what it meant in the garden. Because we are newly created in Christ. And we need to then reimagine ourselves not as racialized people who've been socially constructed to fit into a box but newly created people who are from different ethnicities, from different tongues and tribes and peoples and nations, within which there is no racial superiority or inferiority. RKD, therefore, and hear this very carefully. Y'all still with me? Do I need to slow down a little bit? RKD is neither colorblind nor obsessed with skin color. RKD, yes, it judges people based on the content of their character and not on the color of their skin. 
but it recognizes that we live in a world where many decisions have been made and continue to be made based on skin color and based on this fictive construct known as race. Part of what you'll see in my book, if you read it, is there's no such thing as a race of people other than the human race. There are ethnicities, but race as this idea that within the human race there are different races of people, that's a biological fiction but a social fact, right? Six, redent RKD and obeying the gospel. So then, because God has acted in Jesus, obeying the gospel, it is not optional. It, in fact, is wrapped up in God's saving action in Christ. In fact, Jesus died to make us his people. And as his people, we are redeemed to live as such in many ways, and one way is, in our relationships with one another. So I'm going to hit you with a bunch of Bible verses now. The Bible talks a lot about conducting oneself, for example, in Christ, in a manner worthy of the gospel, Galatians 1.27, or Philippians 1.27. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Don't work for it, but work it out, which is another way of talking about obedience. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Romans chapter 1, verse 5 talks about the obedience of faith. Romans chapter 14, verses 11 through 13 state, put off the deeds of darkness, walk in the light. Racism's a deed of darkness. Ethnic division, a deed of darkness. Put it off. Romans 14, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Ephesians chapters 4 and 5, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, imitate Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 through 12, live worthy lives of the gospel. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 2 through 8, remember that God desires you to be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 6, remember that living contrary to the gospel results in eternal judgment. There's no such thing, in my view, as a racist Christian. Just as there's no such thing as a Christian that works in a brothel. You follow me? Or there's no Christian pimp. You're with me? Yes, we all struggle with all sorts of sins. But someone who's pattern of life is to hate those from a different shade of skin or different ethnicity. There's no reason to believe someone in that category is walking with Jesus. Just like there's no reason to believe that you are walking with Jesus if you're committing committing adultery, for example. You follow me? Okay. Are you with me on this? I mean, this is not controversial. Do I need to just preach a sermon on adultery tonight? No, I'm sorry, no. Extra 30. Extra 30. Galatians 2, 11 through 14, walk in a straightforward manner in the truth of the gospel. Galatians 5, 13 through 14, love your neighbors as yourselves and thereby fulfill the entire law. Those of us who are offended must love and those who are the offenders must be called to repentance and the love. Galatians 5 verses 16 through 26, walk in the spirit. And Galatians 6 verse 2, bear one another's burden. So the 
point is that redemptive kingdom diversity, RKD, emphasizes obeying the gospel. This is not let go and let God. I don't like that phrase. It's not biblical, I don't think. This is God has acted in Jesus to redeem us. Therefore, go after and lean into what God has redeemed you to be, namely the people of God. Seven, RKD is a personal and corporate discipline in the home, in the church, in the public square. It's not simply a private matter. This impacts or should impact our entire life. Eight, RKD and contemporary racial and ethnic discourse. A few remarks. First, there, are no, there, is, no, there is a difference and no direct one-to-one -one correlation between the Bible's concept of ethnicity and contemporary categories of race and ethnicity. However, the Bible's remarks give us much theological resources to apply to our contemporary racial and ethnic divisions. Whenever possible, for example, RKD pursues multi-ethnic active listening to one another in the power of the Spirit with an eye toward effecting redemptive change together for ethnically diverse image bearers. RKD seeks to work with ethnically diverse people whenever it's possible with different perspectives to get things done for as many image bearers as possible. RKD does not seek to shout people down or to shame them for disagreeing. RKD does not constantly focus on the grievances of one group to the shame of another group. Yes, there are moments in history when those with a particular, within a particular ethnic group may be the focus for certain sins committed against them. But RKD's focus is on every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. So RKD thinks globally. It does not focus only on the grievances between one ethnic group against another ethnic group, but rather by the power of the Spirit. It seeks to live redemptively by loving our ethnically diverse neighbors where we live, work, worship, and play so that we can contribute to the holistic flourishing of ethnically diverse image bearers in many diverse contexts. In other words, RKD is applicable in Louisville and in Birmingham, in Kenya and in Costa Rica. It's just going to look different in different contexts. RKD pursues love for one another, even as we disagree for, uh, with one another. In my book, RKD, I do not argue for a movement. I argue for a way of life. RKD is not a movement, a fad, a brand, a tribe, a platform, a political ideology, etc. But it is a way of life that is grounded in God's saving action in Jesus. And it seeks to redeem the time wherever, wherever we are socially located since the days, brothers and sisters, are evil. RKD embraces the fact that diverse ethnicities from every tongue and tribe and people and nation need Christ, the Spirit, 
and one another to affect long-term and sustained redemptive change in our lives, homes, churches, and communities regarding racial and ethnic relations and division. I'm going to bring this to an end here in five minutes, right? Hear this carefully. RKD is redemptive, hopeful, and seeks to tell the truth in love without feeding into or being complicit in the racial grievance industry and without creating racial resentment between ethnically diverse groups of people while acknowledging there are those who have and still suffer from the sins of others because of our sad racial history. RKD likewise, however, rejects the racial victimhood narrative while acknowledging there is a sad racial history in this country between blacks and whites and other ethnicities that continues to impact the present. RKD, hear this, RKD rejects and pushes against white guilt. Those who are racialized as white do not need to feel guilty because of the color of their skin or ashamed because they are white. Those who are categorized as an ethnic minority, we do not need to feel shame because we are not white. Neither the racial victimhood narrative nor white guilt is redemptive. It's not. And neither one will lead God's people to the promised land of RKD. Both, however, will lead God's people to despair and only create more racial resentment. That is, white guilt and the racial victimhood narrative. RKD leads to redemptive hope and spirit-empowered love that moves ethnically diverse people to work toward long-term and sustained effective change where we live, work, worship, and play in the power of the Spirit as we use Scripture, yes, and common grace and common sense to do so. RKD tells the truth about the past, but it does not ignore the progress in the present. You have an African-American, after all, standing before you tonight talking about redemptive kingdom diversity, and you have an African-American pastor of a church that's pursuing multi-ethnic ministry. That is redemptive, is it not? By the way, in Birmingham. And just reflect upon that for a moment. And this is not about self-congratulations. It's about, yes, there is a problem still. But God has acted in Jesus, and he's allowing you to get a little taste of that in your congregation. Redemptive kingdom diversity, to put it bluntly, it rejects revisionist histories that either ignore our sad racial history or that ignore the profound progress that has been made. It also ignores and rejects snappy slogans that play to one's base on the left, in the middle, or on the right. Instead, RKD seeks to build something beautiful that will last. Nine and following. I say this point and then I'm done. I have a bunch of scriptural texts here, but I'll stop. Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah, is the perfect model of redemptive kingdom diversity for Jews and Gentiles by his selfless love and sacrificial love for us. He goes to the cross to bring about this redemption. 
although he was in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God as something to exploit for his own advantage. But he emptied himself, took on the form of a bondservant, came in the likeness of a Jewish human being, and he goes to the cross as a Jewish man, the eternal son who becomes a Jewish man to redeem Jews and Gentiles from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. Redemptive kingdom diversity is grounded in that. Thanks. Let's pray. Father, do this in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh.